Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and him, Kieran Maguire. And Kieran, are you looking forward to our club's annual beautiful game of trying to stay in the Premier League? Um, Sort of, Kevin. I mean, it's not the normal amount of adrenaline that's coursing through the veins, even though you know, we're starting off with a home fixture, the same as Palace, which mm. is which is always, a, always you think, is, is a great way to start the season. It's far better than starting at home and away. Uh but uh, I'm, I'm hoping I'll have uh, some sort of epiphany moment and, and uh, uh, get going. But but more importantly than that, I believe you've got some news. Uh, really? I was I was not expecting you to to, to raise that subject, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, if people want to moan about our acting skills on the Audi advert, they can moan about that acting skill even more now, can't they? Yes, Kieran, I do have some news. I'm joining you in the the Authors Club. You will have another book to put up behind you when you're on Sky and BT Sport every day. Because, uh, yes, my, my book's been announced this week, as you as uh, you kindly pointed out on Twitter. It's out on the 1st of October. It's called Who Are You? It's basically it's a comedy history of 92 football clubs and why you shouldn't support them. And I'm hoping Steve Dale may get a copy because the last chapter is a very angry one about the demise of Berry. So I quite like the idea that someone sends Steve and he's, he, he goes to the toilet and has things. I just have a quiet break and lose. I'm getting a lot of stick. Just flick through this book. I just go to the last chapter. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's that's available from the first. Fantastic. Thank you, Kieran. Yeah, it's available to, well, as you know, you're one of the few people that knew about it because I was, I was, I've been hopping from foot to foot for six months, <laughs> desperately trying to tell people about it. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very proud of my baby and it's uh, available to pre-order on Amazon and Waterstones now. And it will be, this is the bit I've always wanted to say. It will be available in all good bookshops and some bad ones. Uh, Excellent. Yes, my my publisher had a cunning plan mm. that uh, my book was never available in any bookstores in the whole of the UK, and he thought this was a unique approach. And I'm going, well, I, I don't quite work out what the advantage is to that. So uh, clearly, your your publisher is slightly more clued in to people buy books from bookstores uh, idea than mine. Well, on the other hand, Kieran, you're an accountant. You know all about creating demand. I mean, there's, there's nothing more likely to create demand than going into a shop saying, have you got Kieran Maguire's book? And they go, no, we don't have it. And they go, well, I'm desperate to get it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, There's an element of, again, this, this is going to date us as well, but it's like the J.R. Hartley advert. Fly fishing by J.R. Hartley. Let's let's get back into the modern modern days, Kieran. Yes. We, we spent a, we spent a lot of time in the eighties on the last part, so let's get back into the modern days. Um, it is Newsday, and later in the episode, oh, nice by, by the Brighton's kits got us getting. Uh, it's quite funky, isn't it? Nice t- it's talking of the eighties. It's a proper eighties throwback kit, isn't it? It, it, it is. Yeah. Uh, if, if only the if only the collar was slightly bigger and floppier, yeah, you know, I, I could have sort of done a mini Sweeney approach. Yes, and I like the fact that a curmudgeonly Brighton fan pointed out on social media that the last time you wore that kit, you got relegated. So, you know, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> um, it is Newsday, but later in the episode, we'll be getting an update from Caroline Molyneux, uh, who's the chair of the Wigan Athletic Supporters Club, about the shenanigans that are still going on that we, we thought weeks ago would be resolved. But speaking of, of Wigan, Kieran, someone is doing quite well out of the situation, aren't they? My eyebrows had a, a proper old-timey workout yesterday when you showed me this. 
yes, uh, the the administrators' uh, proposals went up on Companies House uh, at the weekend. So uh, as I, as I had a moment or two to spare, um, I, I decided to download them, go into the small print, and, and towards the back, th- there is some. Uh, Quite ex- well, quite entertaining stuff. Uh, the administrators who who are charging three hundred and fifty eight pounds an hour on average, um, they, they are going to make uh, they're going to make just over a, a million pounds from the administration of Wigan Athletic. Um, but because of the what they say is the risk in taking on the appointment, they're then going to uplift their fees by a third. Uh, and potentially they could be taking around about 1.35 million uh, as a result of running the club. So uh, there's some there's some good news for uh, for Range Rover dealers uh, in the uh, in the Lancashire area, um, and um, as well as uh, one one set of silver tongued chums of ours, um, the the legal fees are looking uh, quite uh, quite entertaining as well. Uh, the legal fees are estimated to be eight hundred thousand um, pounds in in respect of the administration. Uh, but if the club is sold successfully, the lawyers then get a twenty five percent bonus. Wow! So that will take them up to around about a million. Um, on top of that, there were legal disbursements of one hundred and seventy five thousand pounds, which apparently was getting a council's opinion as to whether or not they should. Uh, appeal against the EFL's 12-point deduction, and then they estimate a further £200,000 for the EFL appeal itself. So, um, yeah, that that's an awful... You know, you put those two together, that, that's in excess of £2.5 million pounds for the for the, uh, for the legal and the accounting professions. Um, the, the, I did notice that they, they the administrators are claiming £2,500 for travel to Wigan and back. Now, I I I travel uh, to the northwest quite often, and and and, and we know that that guy uh, is carried around in a in a golden hand cart, uh, and that can't can't be cheap to him. But two and a half thousand pounds for travel to Wingham and back that seems pretty high. Um, the wages for the club that they they estimate to be two and a half million, so they're going to be paying less money out in wages to players and all of the staff at the club than the than the silver tongue friends are taking home themselves. Um, and, and then along come the football agents who who look as if they're going to trouser somewhere between fifty to two hundred and fifty thousand pounds, depending upon which players are sold. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 not criticising these people. They are professionals. I, I, you know, I did used to work in in that profession myself, but uh, I, I I'll be honest, I was just too soft for it. You know, the, the, the prospect of of people losing the jobs, the prospect of creditors being stiffed. It was, you know, I, I, I couldn't sleep at night at that time. So I, I, I bailed out uh, many, many years ago. So it, it is, uh, there are some tough times, but uh, you know, £358 per hour does seem uh, pretty stiff. Um, but they bill by the six minutes. Which uh, which is quite scary. Yeah, every, uh, uh, one thought one thought was to actually get the get the uh, administrators onto the show, but when I realised they were in fact charging per six minutes for, for an interview, I just didn't felt felt that would be helping Wigan Athletic uh, on, on on the on the back of that. Yeah, we all know you're the black sheep of your South London family, Kieran, because of your kindness and warmth and generosity. But and you you say you're not criticising the administrators, but your voice. Sounds like it sort of is, and there's, there's, and rightly so. I mean, I, 
There, there are two big questions here. The, the, this 25% bonus, it's 25% of what? Of, of the selling price for the club? No, it, well, it, according to this, and I, I might have misread it, it's it's they estimate the legal fees will be eight hundred grand, and then the, the lawyers will charge twenty five percent on top of that for a successful sale. So that will take go up from eight hundred grand to to a million for the lawyers, and um, the administrators have only put in their basic fees of uh, three hundred and fifty eight pounds, uh, and that's an average. Some some of the staff. Um, are on more than that, but if uh, if they do have a successful sale, and they say it's because they they're not guaranteed payment uh, at the end of this deal, um, then then that average goes up to four hundred and seventy six pounds. Which uh, you know, if if, uh, if if all that you do in life is count beans, which is what accountants do, that's a lot of yeah. beans you can now buy. And also, this idea of suddenly charging more because there's risk involved. Surely, if you're an administrator, there's risk involved in any job you take on isn't there uh, there is um you know no, normally it will be underwritten by a bank or or by the the people that put the appoint the administrators um so uh, there could be something here which which isn't guaranteed but you know my my experience and, and understanding of the profession is that uh, you know just like you kevin you you wouldn't necessarily take on work uh, if 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 the person said, well, I might pay you or I might not, you say, well, let's let let let's just have a chat about this. Um, that that does come back to us getting paid on this podcast, which uh, which, we, which we know, but we're both waiting for. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it does seem a, a strange thing to have. Uh, you know, normally if 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 you're doing jobs by the hour, you you charge by the hour and get on with it. Yeah, you, you kind of pulled the rug from under your own feet there, didn't you? But when you suddenly realised that we're nine months into a podcast that we didn't we didn't ask for any guarantee to get money from from the start. <laughs> is is it my? I mean, we're laughing about this, and and we shouldn't be really because is is there any danger that the added costs involved could could put off a, a potential buyer for the club? You know, if if they say they need to shell out another three million, four million quid, or whatever it is to pay to various bonuses, could that put some people off buying the club? No, no, it, it won't actually impact upon the selling price right, of, okay. of the football club. It, it it will impact upon the distribution of money following the sale, um, and potentially, I mean, if if our young, uh, you know, our our mysterious Hong Kong investor, if he's going to be paying for all of this, you know, I, frankly, I don't care. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Double, double the fees for all the distress you've caused, as far as I'm concerned. Um, if it comes out of the total proceeds of the sale of the football club, the sale of the properties of the football club and so on, it could potentially result in the unsecured creditors, you know, the, the people that provide the, the coaches to matches, the pies and all that. Stuff. If, if they end up with less than 25 pence in the pound in what they're owned, um, then uh, the EFL could slap a further 15-point penalty on Wigan. So we, we could have a, a further football impact uh, upon a club which, you know, to a, to a certain extent, you know, is, is struggling to get a manager, struggling to get players and so on for the forthcoming season. Right. So before we start um, on other news, Kieran, there, there is a news story that I need to explain to people. For, for some reason, Croydon Council, for the third time in about four years, are resurfacing the road outside uh, where I live, uh, or my house, if you prefer. 
Um, uh, so, so there is, <laughs> there will be some uh, extraneous noise as as a massive uh, digger thing goes up and down the road, being watched in a pleasant seventy sitcom style by about twelve other blokes leaning on shovels. Um, the, the big, wouldn't 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 happen with an Audi A3. It, you know, it, it, it certainly wouldn't. An Audi A3 would just glide over the surface. Exactly. You, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't cost you two and a half thousand pounds to get to Wigan in an Audi A3. <laughs> Are we still sponsored by them? I haven't checked. Anyway, um, the the big news story, Kieran, is the uh, as we suspected last week, the Premier League has confirmed that all twenty eight Premier League fixtures in September will be televised. After all, yes, uh, I, I think this is uh, a sensible decision. Um, I, th- I think really, to a certain extent, it was the only decision that could have been made. What what alarmed me, and I suspect you as well, um, was the fact that it, it took until the 8th of September to, to clarify. So um, Sky are now going to get an extra six matches, BT Sport three, Amazon are getting one, and the BBC are getting one. Um, now, whether these extra matches are going to be on the uh, behind a paywall or, or whether they're going to be free to air, I don't think that's been quite clarified. Clearly, the BBC is going to be free to yeah. air. Um, some of the matches are taking place at three pm on a Saturday. I think Palace's uh, match yes. against Southampton uh, that was that's going to be the first three pm match uh, on a Saturday of the season. Um, it, it is the right thing to do because. Uh, you know, we we know where we are in the pecking order in, in terms of popularity with uh, with TV companies. Um, we we know that Manchester United and Liverpool and Chelsea and Manchester City and so on they're going to most of their matches are going to be on anyway. But if you go back to I've actually got the figures here for for twenty eighteen nineteen Bournemouth Southampton and Huddersfield those three clubs they were only shown eight times each mm. uh, out of thirty eight matches. So if if less than a quarter of your matches were going to be broadcast live, um, and that would have been very harsh on fans of those clubs. They'd effectively been discriminated against. So uh, I think the, the Premier League have done the right thing here. It's only to the end of September. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen from October onwards? Uh, it could be what this is doing is buying a bit of breathing space for both the clubs and the Premier League um, in order to, to bring some form of streaming product as we as we've seen with the EFL and I follow uh, into the Premier League, so you know perhaps you end up paying a tenner a match, or you know, a tenner a match is is deducted from your season ticket price if you so desire. Uh, for those people that haven't got television, um, I, I believe the Premier League are also making effectively all matches available on on a combination of Five Live and Talksport. Um, which, which again is to be applauded. You know, not not everybody can afford um, subscription TV. Yeah. Not might choose not to have it as well. So uh, I, I think uh, when, when there's very little interesting live broadcast, at least this is uh, this is the right thing that's being done. You would kind of hope, Kieran, that it would be free to air because it's going to sort of defeat the object of it. I mean, if if the Palace game, for example, on Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. Um, is only available uh, on BT Sport or Sky, and you have to pay for it, then the chances are that there's going to be pubs all over South London and Croydon with the curtains drawn, with quite a lot of people in a pub who shouldn't be watching the game clandestinely anyway. So that would would seem to be a strange decision if they're not all available. Yes, uh, and I think there is uh, yeah, there is some form of governmental pressure, I think, being put on the Premier League to come to this deal. And remember, from... Uh, next Monday, 
there, there is, there is going to be a change to the, the social distancing rules, which yeah. is going to reduce. And I think this is actually really bad news for us as football fans. You know, if it's, if they're introducing this in September, uh, in terms of the number of people gathering together, you know, the, the prospect of decent sized crowds returning uh, later in the season, or, you know, we, we, were, we were hoping, we sort of got our hopes up that October could have been a bit of a, a turnaround has, has got to be dashed. Um, I, I did, I did hear Matt Hancock. Uh, on 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 breakfast TV this morning, um, and speaking as a as a recent grandparent, he he advised me that that grandparents are normally older than their grandchildren, which which, <laughs> which I hadn't actually realised, um, and so therefore, you know, I, my my confidence has gone soaring as a result of hearing that particular snippet. Well, I mean, you're an accountant. Of all people, you know that a grandparent is normally older than a, a grandchild. Yeah, it's it's funny clubs. Uh, Despite the, the new Matt Hancock announcement, clubs are still bullish about getting people back in October. Um, certainly, Palace are just one of many clubs who who started selling season tickets uh, this week. Um, slightly confusingly, I have got one just in case. But presumably, once a number of people are allowed in, three hundred people are going to be in the Celtic game on Saturday. Um, once clubs do allow any number of people in, even if it's a tiny number, then any idea of free-to-air TV will probably go out the window, won't it? Um, I think yeah, there's an element of yes and no here. If it's if if the numbers are going to be restricted to the low thousands, and, and you think about you know both our clubs, we both got twenty thousand plus season ticket holders, mm-hmm. and if only five or six thousand people can attend. Um, you're going to you're going to be want to be there. You know, it's you know, I could I could always watch Glastonbury on TV. Yeah. I'd much rather be there watching the acts themselves. So you know, as as football fans, I think we enjoy that live experience, which was also, of course, will, will be an incredible novelty for for us all. Uh, you, know, you know, it's it's now six seven months. I've I've never gone that long in my life without seeing a live football match, mm. uh, being there and get, getting everything which we enjoy from it. Mm. So. I think we'll we just have to wait and see with regards to what's going to happen, but probably less free to air. Cer- certainly, if they, if they can stream and charge, which I think is the ideal model uh, or the ideal solution from a club's perspective, yet then yes, the uh, the, the free to air will disappear. Okay. And the Premier League has also relaxed its financial rules due to coronavirus. Yeah, this was a, this was a. So I've only seen this published once. This was in the Times. Martin Ziegler spotted this one. Hmm. Um, uh, and it and it now looks as if uh financial fair play rules and this this is mirroring what has happened uh under UEFA the financial fair play rules are now going to be assessed over two seasons instead of one um and this might explain some of the behavior we've seen uh you know Chelsea Chelsea lost over 100 million pounds in 2019 which would have not done their FFP calculations a great deal of good um, but they've spent an awful lot in the transfer market, albeit they've also sold Hazard, of course, and, and that would be taken. Uh, but I think the the most noticeable impact on this is, is Everton. Uh, Everton lost £112 million last season, and they've been noticeably quiet uh, in, in the transfer market this summer. As soon as that, uh, that that pronouncement went through uh, in terms of the relaxation of FFP. Um, effectively, it was it was time to spaff yeah. as far as the transfer market is concerned. So they signed uh, James Rodriguez, they've signed Decore, they've signed Alan from Brazil, which of course 
cue corny jokes. Um, so uh, yeah, so that, they will re- that they they sort of as soon as that announcement, you know, sixty million pounds. Let's uh, let's let's get that checkbook a flying. That would be great, wouldn't it, if they'd accidentally signed Alan Brazil? And poor old Alan from Brazil was doing the Talksport morning show. Um, one of our listeners suggested this week via Twitter that we should probably consider a separate weekly pod for Derby County alone, just just so we could get, keep it ring fence it from the rest of it. Because again, uh, another week goes by, and there's more Derby County news. Um, and I, I think we weren't predicting this one, to be honest. However, normally we get a lot of things right when we look into our crystal balls. Leave it, please, Kieran. Um, but the, the, the EFL is appealing against the outcome of the Independent Disciplinary Commission over the misconduct charges it brought against Derby County. Yeah, well, it, it's it's appealing part of the right. ruling. Okay. Um, it's accepted the stadium sale. Uh, so uh, the, uh, the sale of Pride Park for £81 million pounds, uh, has been accepted uh, because apparently it's going to have a sliding roof um, and uh, therefore it's going to be multifunction and, and worth a lot more money. Um, so, but looking at this, um, this, this does appear to be a bit of a, a, bit of a, a spat between Mel Morris, the owner of uh, Derby County, who describes himself as enemy of the EFL state. And he yeah. did this in the tribunal. Yeah, that's, that's pretty... Uh, Rick Parry, uh, Rick Parry, sixty-five. So you know, it, it's it's like a pair of old rotting stags having a <laughs> having having a bit of a a, a bust up. Um, the the appeal is going to be in respect of your favourite uh, football accounting subject, which is of course amortisation. Amortisation, indeed. Yes. So you know, I, I said at the time the amortisation uh, the amortisation policy appears to be unique. Um, it, it's certainly very creative, but that doesn't mean that it's illegal. Uh, the EFL have probably taken a second opinion on this because their expert witness uh, pr- proved to be not too much of an expert mm. uh, by all accounts uh, and didn't really know what the role of an expert witness was. So <laughs> he, he was made to look a bit of a chump. Um, Derby have come out with all guns blazing on their website that they are disappointed. Uh, which is, of course, uh, media speak for totally pissed off. Yeah. Um, they say well, this will be a waste of resources. The, the initial, uh, the, the initial appeal or the, the initial charges. Um, we don't know how much the total cost is, but looking at what it cost Wigan, you know, clearly we're, we're probably talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Um, they say it will be an unnecessary distraction to what's happening on the pitch, which I find a bit far-fetched. Mm. And, of course, they say it will be vigorously defended. Vigorously is another word for expensively defended yeah. by the club. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's going to run. Um, yeah, it, we, we could end up in, in a situation similar to what we, we saw with Birmingham City, where the EFL spend a lot of money. They managed to get the initial verdict overturned. Um, and uh, as a result of that, they were told, "Don't be naughty." Mm. They, they were fine. They didn't have a points deduction, um, and so on. Mel Morris is doing quite a good PR job on on persuading Derby fans that there there is a vendetta, if you like, against their club. But it, if I was a Derby fan, I, I wouldn't take a lot of persuading because it it does seem the EFL can't leave them alone, doesn't it? Um. Or shouldn't maybe well, the, shouldn't leave them alone? Would be your view. Well, you know, if if, if you're if you're within the rules, you're within the rules. Yeah. Um, I, I think to me the the issue is 
if you have a good set of rules, then you don't have this problem arising. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah so, yeah. you know, why did the EFL allow the sale of grounds from 2016 onwards when previously they were specifically prohibited from mm. FFP? So, yeah, that, that would have saved an absolute fortune. With respect to the, the amortization issue, um, if, if, you, if you're dealing with HMRC, um, what they say is that we, we don't give a uh, amortization is very similar to depreciation. H, HMRC say we don't give a flying fig what your depreciation or amortization policy is. We're going to apply our policy to the numbers and you can do what the hell you want in the accounts. Mm. So wh- why didn't the EFL simply say amortization has to be straight line over the player's contract to a zero value? And then there's no opportunity for argument. So the EFL rules are weak. Okay, well, we we did. Uh, I was going to say let's leave it there, but we we won't leave it there, will we? We'll be we'll be seeing you again next week, Derby fans. Um, we did predict this one, or, or rather, you did. Southampton are taking legal action against their former shirt sponsor, LD Sports, after they pulled out of their three-year deal. Um, yes, uh, LD Sports is, is a Chinese company, and, and at the time, it, it did look as if you know, given given that the Chinese owner. Of Southampton, uh, Gao Jisheng, you know, he, was was this something to do with uh, with supporting him? Um, but at the time of the deal, all the LD Sports appeared to have was a um, a website which was a work in progress and no products to actually sell. Mm. Uh, you know, they, they signed a deal for seven and a half million pounds a year, um, and and they've taken the Vatican approach of pulling out early from that and not committing themselves to uh, the next two years, which which has caused Southampton two problems. First of all, that there is a that there's a loss of revenue problem. Um, they've managed to replace LD Sports with a company called Sportbet.io, which is or Sportbet 10 perhaps. I'm I'm not quite sure how <laughs> I read that. Um, and uh, th- that that's going to be uh, I believe that a significantly lower fee because it's it's now a buyer's market yeah, for, for the front of shirt sponsorship um but also what, what are southampton going to do are they going to do the decent thing uh as far as fans who have bought the, the shirts with ld sports so personally i think that yeah that they might have some you know novelty value or some rarity mm. value I, I wouldn't have mine replaced i'd keep it mm. um but uh yeah th- there is a potential having to to sort that out and, and i don't know how many shirts they've sold to date uh, but uh, at least they're at least they're not the the Manchester United shirts which oh came out yesterday. <laughs> Whoa, they're astonishing, weren't they? Um, if only we were a football kit pod, we'd be majoring on that big time. They, yeah, uh, yeah. If you haven't seen them, football fans, I urge you to uh, Google. Um, I'm not going to say other search engines are available like Guy wants me to because they are, but no one uses them. So <laughs> Google Man United's kit and be prepared for them. Um, I wouldn't put it past you to wear a Southampton shirt either, Kieran, with your cavalier attitude to other football clubs. But um, a, a big so we've, we've got two uh, stories from north of the border coming up, which are both interesting stories, I think. And we've got uh, your interview with Caroline Molyneux. But before that, there is a big, big story um, and really looking at it, Guy should have put this when we were talking about the Premier League because your European clubs are also set to miss out on half a billion pounds worth of revenue. Is that right? Because UEFA rebate to broadcasters? 
Yes, yeah, this, uh, and I picked this up in, in the FT. The FT now have a football correspondent, but perhaps, perhaps we ought to try to get them to sponsor us. That'd be a good as, idea. As we, are, as we are the premier, the premier yeah. business and sport, uh, or business and football, uh, podcast. So we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get produce a guy to do some negotiations. Yeah, let, let's, let's not start tatting ourselves around live on air, Kieran. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't reached that stage yet. We're not Swiss Ramble, for God's sake. Come on now. <laughs> Apologies, uh, yeah, but, uh, Swiss. I don't, I don't know if Swiss touts himself around or not. Basically, he, or, he's 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 far too wealthy to have to need to do that. I can oh, assure yeah, you. I imagine so. Okay. Um, but what what has happened with uh, UEFA is that yeah, they've had to give a five hundred and seventy million uh, euro rebate to broadcasters because uh, whilst it was more exciting from our point of view. Uh, having matches decided on a one-leg basis, yeah, uh, you know, effectively just a single knockout for the quarterfinals and the semi-finals of both the Europa League and the Champions League. From from the broadcasters' point of view, they're going, "Hold on, fewer matches, so therefore we want some dosh back." So um, that that's that's going to be the first issue. I, I think that's going to be uh, perhaps spread over a couple of years if if the if the ECA the the European Club Association uh, managed to to ask the the broadcasters nightly nicely, um, but also um, Agnelli, who is the president of UEFA, so president of Juventus, but also one of the big cheeses at the ECA. Um, UEFA have done their sums, and we're looking at around about um, a 3.6 billion loss of match day revenue over the course of the of the course of the two seasons, uh, you know, and that's going to hit the game horrendously, um, and it's going to hit the game in terms of cash. So, yeah, you know, we, we've said this on more than one occasion. Uh, you know, we, we're coming out of a tunnel in the form of the. Uh, uh, in the form of the the furlough and the tax delay repay issues, mm. um, but we're, we're coming out of a tunnel into uh, into a, a, an oncoming locomotive in, in the form of you're going to have to be paying money out and you've got no money coming in. Mm. Uh, so, so what's going to happen uh, in order to deal with this? Uh, nobody knows, but uh, certainly, I, I think the, uh, the the increase in uh, restrictions not just in the uk but across europe in terms of social gatherings is is really bad news you know for football but for all sports and you know we've said this you know for of course for for everybody working in the service sector the entertainment sector and so on yeah of course um well talking of the entertainment sector and this is a segue that guy would have been proud of um I love this. The creator of the comic book, you're, I mean, you're one of the cool granddads, Kieran, so you'll know all about Kick-Ass, uh, the comic book and, and, and movie. Mark Miller, uh, he's backing a major new project to bring Scottish football into fans' homes using robot cameras and artificial intelligence. Cool. Um, and his plan is, he's an Albion Rovers fan, he wants to bring Albion Rovers to the living rooms of the world. And, and I mean, this this sort of follows on from your prediction of, of streaming services doesn't it basically but this is on a much more technical and quite exciting level i have to say yeah i, I think that this is this is a we, we all like slightly loony stories and and this is first of all the fact that we, we've got this guy operating in a uh in in a niche industry and, and yeah i mean you know kick-ass is if, if you've not seen the movie it make sure you do watch it, it it's 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 old school comic book stuff um 
he's developed or is part of the development team to have artificial intelligence cameras recording games because the problem with streaming um, sort of using uh, traditional means is that you need to have the cost of uh, installing a camera crew, putting up the the all, all the uh, all, all the 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 ironwork and so on that goes into that at, at a match itself. Then you've got to have uh, the camera crew, you've got to have the broadcast cameras, uh, and all of these things, and, th- and that all costs money. So, so what uh, what Mark Miller's proposal is, um, and, and he's effectively sponsoring Albion Rovers in, in respect of this, is that the cameras will be installed effectively at the start of the season and then they're going to be robot controlled um and the 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 robots will learn the the most important parts of the pitch where the action's taking place and so on so therefore whereas perhaps previously it would not have been financially feasible to stream matches from places like Albion Rovers because realistically the number of people watching would be you know in the hundred perhaps you know a thousand or two um, because your production costs will be significantly reduced, it still could just about make it worthwhile. And just as importantly, it allows fans to see the Wee Rovers, as they are known uh, in Scottish football. Yes, indeed. Well, you've, you've uh, second-guessed me because I was about to say that I believe that is our first mention of the Wee Rovers. Uh, and I believe this is our first mention of another Scottish club who are nicknamed the Red Lichties. Um they really do have better nicknames up there, don't they? Um, this is our brofe, uh, and the nickname the Red Lictis, by the way, because of the red light that used to guide fishing boats into the harbour. Um, what have our brofe been up to? Um, that's, well, a question, that's a sentence I didn't think I'd be using any, t- any time <laughs> in my life, to be perfectly honest. But yes, Ken, what have our brofe been up to? Well, I, I sort of I love what our brofe are doing. Um, if, every few weeks, when they run out of money... They they effectively have a whip round, and um, it looks as if sort of the if 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 the if the fans manage to raise a few quid, then the directors say we'll, we'll match it and more, and we'll deal with that by issuing shares. So uh, we now have had nine share issues by the Red Lichties. Uh, the this 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 year this calendar year and we're only just touched September. Um, it, it's it's a little and often approach, but but it, it to me it's. It's a reflection of community football. Uh, you know, it's fifteen hundred quid here. It's a couple of grand there, and so on. But it's allowing this club to continue to exist. And you know, you know we we don't want any football club to go out of business. Uh, it, it's not a club with a big support base. But uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, are both uh, of showing a different approach, which also has an element of fan involvement because the people putting the money in are the fans as well as the directors themselves. So do you think, in, I mean, in general, Kieran, using your experience, would this be the same people buying more shares or, or would they be looking to broaden that that base and get more people involved when they issue shares on a monthly basis? Um, I, I think the majority of the shares will be going to the same people yeah. uh, because there's not that many individuals who who do have spare cash. You know, we, we are living in, in very sure. severe economic times at present. Uh, but I, it, it's just it's it's just a good sign of a club which is is aware of its circumstances. It's not trying to live beyond its means, and it's acknowledging the fact that without regular little wee investments, um, then it's going to go out of business. And, and you know, hats off, and, and I wish them all the best with this. 
Of course, we all do. They've they've got a really cool maroon kit as well. Now, this um, this is the time, Kieran, when I normally I would introduce uh, an interview, um, and this time it's with Caroline Molyneux because we wanted to get her view on the confusion around Wigan, and then there would be a brief pause, and then we'd re- react to the interview. But we haven't done it yet. Uh, so we can't do all that. And, and in the interests of honesty with our listeners, we are doing it today. We were supposed to be doing it this morning, but she's been called to a meeting of the administrators. Um, so more money for them. Um, so hopefully we'll get that update. We, so it's, it's a slightly odd end to the pod, Kieran, because we can't go, well, that was interesting. It wasn't Caroline hopping mad about the administrators because we don't know what what the interview is going to be about. Um <laughs> And I've, I was trying to think of a clever way of, of doing that. And I thought, well, no, let's just be honest for once and admit that we haven't done it and for the right reasons. Because, as I say, it, it, it might be that we're, we're the first to be able to broadcast good news. So fingers crossed for that. Um, and the good news, Kieran, of course, is that I'll be seeing you again. Well, not seeing you. That would be lovely to do that. I'll be seeing you again next Monday. Uh, it's questions day on Monday. Um, if you have a question... Uh, <laughs> Derby, I'm, I'm talking to Derby listeners in particular now. Uh, if you have a question for us, it's questions at priceoffootball.com. And as ever, it's over to Kieran for our closing words. Well, once again, folks, thanks thanks for all your reviews. Thanks for all the, the support you give us. Uh, if, if you do enjoy the show, uh, you know, I know we say this every time, we, we don't understand how it works. But uh, apparently, according to uh, Professor Guy, who, who is our leader, um, if, if you give us a review on, on the Apple Podcast app um, – and, and you know, if you give us five stars, that'd be fantastic. It doesn't matter, however, what you say. You can say we need younger people, we need the Swiss Ramble here, uh, we need we, we need anything apart from those two. But but that makes no difference to to the ratings. Um, and we and we are trying to to get guests. We are trying to to make ends meet. Uh, you know, I, you know, we, we're not taking money out of this uh, th- th- this this crazy show. Um, but thanks again for all your support. And uh, more importantly than that, stay safe and look after each other. Hello, Caroline. Thanks for talking to us again. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Good evening, Kevin. Good. I would say welcome back, but I'm not sure it's appropriate because uh, when we last spoke, I was I was hoping we would only get you back in the best of circumstances. Now, we, we had to delay this interview today because you were called to a meeting of the administrators how did it go? Um, yeah, just um, lots more updates. I think, um, you know, there are still bidders in the process. And basically, we we want to speak to anybody who's credible, the supporters club. Um, we've raised this astounding, you know, fantastic amounts of money from the fans and, and beyond. And and we, we need to be speaking to anybody who is credible in this process. So, um, you know, hopefully... Uh, next time I speak to you, we will have come to a solution. <laughs> yeah, we we talked on the pod last week about one potential bidder pulling out. How many credible bidders do you think there are, Caroline? I mean, are you able to tell us that, or would the administrators rather you kept that quiet? No, I think they've come out and said that, that you know there are potentially four uh, people in the process at the moment, but it, it, equally. I think people are sort of ringing up every day and asking to access the data room and, you know, um, you know, getting involved and, and whether they're credible or not is, is difficult for the administrators to ascertain. And we never thought it would be what is now nine weeks over yeah. two months. But um, uh, we, we make sort of 
five steps forward and 10 steps back some days. <laughs> and and do you know, I mean, we'll come on to the fundraising shortly, but we talked before and, and you're all over social media with your fundraising. You talked about offering to buy a share in the club. How many of the potential bidders do you think would be interested in having the Supporters Association as co-owners or, or owners of any stake in the club at all? I mean, we did. We put out a statement earlier uh, at the weekend that said that we we had spoken to one of the potential credible bidders, and they were very interested in um, in some sort of supporter share and, and working with the supporters uh, club in Wigan to to take the club forward. So you know that, and and at the moment that is um, that's the sort of bidder that that I think is. is is the one that's happy to, for us to talk about, you know, to talk about it. Um, potentially, the administrators say that as soon as a bidder puts a, a, a firm bid in, the, the first thing they say is, would you be interested in talking to the supporters club? And no one has said no, particularly the fact that we've got that, you know, really good financial stake yeah. that we can put into any football club, which at the moment under the circumstances is, you know, something that's, not many people have because under the COVID circumstances and obviously Boris has said tonight about potentially delaying the opening of stadiums, you yeah. know, it's a really difficult time for everybody. So we think we've got a good, you know, bargaining chip to get that share in the football club. Now, obviously you're up against a timescale here. You're due to play Ipswich away on Sunday. Will that happen? Yeah, so one thing that we've heard tonight is one one of the reasons why it was, you know, such a, a meeting that we had to go to quite urgently is that we wanted to find out if we're able to start the season. And whilst we can't say 100% because the EFL have to make their uh, sort of final say tomorrow, um, we are confident that we'll be able to go to Ipswich on Sunday. Everything's planned for it. You know, everything's booked and the players are going to be making their way down there uh, um, you know, for the weekend, and so we we are fairly confident and just awaiting EFL approval. That's good. Now, obviously, Kieran and I got ourselves in a bit of a muddle recording the pod today because we normally record interviews before we do the pod, but this time we we tried to react to a pod that, uh, to an interview that hadn't happened, and we got very confused. But <laughs> it, 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 which happens quite a lot to men our age. But you, so you won't have heard the fact that Kieran was talking about the the administrators and legal advisors fees basically it's like a million pound basic for the administrators 800,000 basic for legal advisors with big potential bonuses on top if the the sale of the club goes through is that is that something that you accept as part of business or is that something that frustrates you when you're desperately trying to raise money to to help the club and so much money is going out on the administrators and legal fees and subsequently agents fees as well presumably yeah, it's very, it is very, very frustrating, and we have got to make sure that the money that we've raised is not, um, you know, used it for that reason. Uh, obviously, when they sell the assets, the football club, um, that's you know, some of that money potentially could go to that. Um, the, the problem we've got is uh, you, you look at the administration of Bolton, you look at you know different clubs. And that's that is what uh, the business they're in is. It's just so expensive, and and it is ridiculous and very frustrating. And that's why we're on a time scale, um, because obviously the longer they're in, the longer those fees uh, stack up. So whilst you know they're not here 
to run the football club. They are doing, but they're not. That's not why they're here. They're here to get get in, sell the sell the assets, sell the club, and get out. And, and we are trying to work with them to try to make that happen sooner rather than later. And it's it's been a very frustrating process um, for everybody concerned. I think. Um, but yeah, the fees of administrators. They, they tell us it's a risky job. You know, there's a risk involved in it, and that's why the fees need to be so high. Well, funny enough, we talked about that on the pod, Kieran and I, because my, you know, being a naive individual, you'd imagine any job an administrator goes into is risky. To, to suddenly announce halfway through that it's more risky than they thought it would be is it's slightly annoying, I think. But it, it seems like, I mean, you're going to go into the new season with a new manager by the look of things, aren't you? Uh, well, um, I heard reports today. Um, there's nothing been confirmed as far as I'm aware. Um, we certainly go into the new season with uh, potentially Liam Richardson uh, as manager on Sunday. Um, I, uh, with regards to anything else, I'm not sure if there will be anyone else in place for Sunday. Right. Now, uh, your fundraising has been nothing short of amazing, <laughs> Caroline. I mean, really, I mean, it really has. From from a, a position of naught, it's been an example for all of us, really. Tell us just how much you, you've raised and also tell us a little bit about some of the high-profile ex-Wigan players that have that have helped you. And one in particular today made his donation, though, didn't he? Yeah, so we, we've now surpassed £660,000 on the second crowdfunder, which um, in total we've raised £860,000 to help to save the football club in one way or another. And when I say we, it is... Thousands of Wiganers, uh, including uh, people donating a pound, uh, you know, people, young children riding their bike around the stadium to raise money. And, and they're the heroes of this. Um, and then, of course, we've had uh, we had a sort of a drive over one weekend. I have to mention Joffy. So Joe Gellart, he um, him and his mum donated a thousand pound and got us kicking off with the players. Fantastic young man. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, we had to sell him to Leeds, which broke our hearts and um, he just wanted to help. And he was the first player to donate to us. And then it just started a landslide and all the all the, the players who had left, who are still with us, you know, Anthony Robinson, uh, even Roberto Martinez uh, gave us £5,000 towards wow. the appeal. Uh, and today, of course, we've had um, an anonymous, um, anonymous pledger. Uh, who we managed to persuade to go a little bit more public, uh, and that was Victor Moses, and he's given us £20,000 today, which is absolutely unbelievable. Well, I have to say he's a very well-brought-up young man. I mean, he he's came through a very lovely football club, so what else would you expect <laughs> from him? But it's, but it's, I mean, that's just a sign. I think there's there's an awful amount of goodwill in the football world towards Wigan. I, I mean, people... So many football fans understand that in this environment, their club could be the next to go through this. And it's it's brilliant to see the level of support that you're getting. How, how are you feeling on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of optimism? I, I, we've spoken several times in the past 10, 12 weeks, and it's. I, I wish there was another word that describes something that goes up and down rather than roller coaster yeah. a bit. Yeah. But where, where are you at the moment, do you think, on that particular ride? Well, I think it's more like a bungee jump that never stops, to be honest, <laughs> because, you know, it really is. You, you think that one day uh, you, you you come into some sort of solution and then literally the next day um, 
something else happens. You know, I, I, I obviously I, I work full time as well, and yeah, of course. sometimes I, you know the list of things that I've got to update people on just runs off the page um, because things change so quickly. So I, I have to keep going and I have to keep being optimistic and the, the supporters club, the people who are working behind the scenes to try to make something happen, including Jonathan at the football club and all the committee. Um, we've got to stay positive. We've got to stay positive. And we've got to try and fight for the football club because, you know, no one else is doing that in this situation. And it's strange, people who don't understand football, Caroline, won't understand that your day-to-day working life is affected by this. As I remember when, when Palace were in danger of going out in 2010, I couldn't concentrate. I was supposed to be writing jokes for TV shows, and you're constantly checking your phone, you're constantly listening to news updates to find out what's going on, and it, it, it sort of takes over your life, doesn't it? Unfortunately, it, you're, you've described exactly what it does, um, but... Hopefully, it won't be forever. And when we come out of this, we'll have something much better um, and, and, and much more positive in terms of what the supporters want out of Wigan Athletic. And we'll just make sure that, that all the terrible and they are terrible things that have happened to Wigan. You know, we've been stripped of every player that we love. The managers left us. We've got no money in the account. You know, it's incredible. But at the end of all this, hopefully, we'll just look back and think, well, you know, at least we came out of it and we did it together as supporters. Yeah, well, I, I, please God, that will happen. And, and I hope, Caroline, that the next time we speak, it will be uh, it, by way of a celebration, actually, and we can have a, a glass of champagne at each end of our 200-mile socially distanced uh, phone call. Um, so uh, my our good wishes go with you, along with the good wishes of every football fan in the country, Caroline. So good luck and keep us in touch. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. I'm for the